It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions every day of basketball and hockey playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part? It's free for you to get a shot at these daily cash prizes. DraftKings will be offering two free play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's game and track your results throughout the evening. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day of the playoffs. Head to DraftKings pool page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Sunday, May 30th. Ian Cameron with you. Just me on the show today, uh, but we certainly have a lot to talk about. Uh, Second round underway last night with the Islanders and Bruins. The Leafs and the Habs play Game 6, and we have a Game 7 in that series. We'll recap those two games from last night, and we will also look ahead to tonight, Sunday's action in the NHL. I should say today's action because we have a late afternoon game. Carolina-Tampa Bay game one of their series in Raleigh, North Kakalaki at 5 p.m. Eastern. And then Vegas and Colorado game one of that series following that at 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So definitely uh, a big day of hockey uh, on tap. Before we get to today's games, as we always do at playoff time, we will recap the night before. And we'll start with, we'll actually start with the Less interesting game to talk about. Uh, I guess you could say the Islanders and the Bruins will start there. Game one of their second round series last night. I have to give the Boston Bruins full marks uh, last night. Uh, we talked about it yesterday on the show. Maybe the Islanders jumped on them a little bit at the very beginning of the game. The Bruins had been off since last Sunday night, which is when they wrapped up their series uh, against the Washington Capitals. But the Bruins got much stronger as the game went on. Uh, and to be honest with you, even in the first period, even though that game, even though it was tied and Boston needed a late goal on the power play from uh, David Posternock to get out of that first period in a tie, you could argue that even late in that period, they were starting to get find their game, find their legs again. Uh, and then in the second and the third period, I definitely thought they controlled uh, a better part of the play uh, in that game against the uh, New York Islanders. Uh, our boy Jimmy Murphy was in the house for that game, covering it for the Boston Bruins at TD Garden. Uh, and he uh, sh- tweeted out a bunch of pictures, videos of the atmosphere uh, at TD Garden last night. And it was absolutely magnificent. It really was. It was great to see uh, all the fans back in attendance. 
uh, and you know, making noise, cheering on their team. Uh, and that's exactly uh, what uh, we all want to see. We all want to see packed buildings. We all want to see uh, the, the arenas back with full capacity again. And it just had that electric environment that you love to see in a NHL venue at Stanley Cup playoff time. And the uh, Bruins had, you know, I think everybody had a good game for the most part last night. I thought Brandon Carlo on the blue line was outstanding. Not, I think everybody on that Boston blue line played well. Certainly Tuka Rask played well. It was a very good game for him. Uh, and we talked about it in the preview of this series uh, yesterday. I did that, look, uh, the Islanders are going to face a team with some goaltending uh, in this series. They're going to face a team with uh, some defensive uh, ability, uh, a, a team that plays, I think, overall a much better structured, sound defensive team game, one through six on their blue line. And that's what the Boston Bruins did last night. And look, they're all, their lineup is suddenly much more dangerous because of Taylor Hall, who is playing. There is no doubt in my mind, Taylor, this is the best and most impact that Taylor Hall has ever had at playoff time. And he deserves credit for it because it the, the, the onus was on Taylor Hall to change the narrative and say, you know what? I have been uh, lousy in big spots, in big games, at the most important time of year in the past with other teams and other organizations that I have been on. The onus is on me to fix it, to be better, and find a way to produce and get the job done at playoff time. And right now he's doing that for the Bruins. Of course, David Posternock, monster night for him, for the Bruins last night. Uh, the top line was magnificent again. Uh, again, if the Bruins can just get a little something, something offensively from the third and the fourth line, that's the only thing we are maybe looking at as a room for improvement right now for this Bruins team. Because other than that, there's not a whole lot to say that they need improvement with. The top two lines are great. The defense is rock solid right now. Uh, they've finally got everybody healthy. Great shot from the point by McAvoy uh, as well. Charlie McAvoy for one of the Bruins goals. And Rask was really good in net. There's not a lot of holes in this Bruins game right now, uh, which is really good to see. And they take game one. Uh, Ilya Sorokin, I thought, was really good again. Uh, did everything he could, but this was definitely a Bruins team that carried the play. Uh, were the better team last night for the entirety of that game uh, and deserved that victory uh, in game one. Uh, and they got it by a score of 5-2. to two. And the best bet uh, for me on yesterday's show, Cash, is in the process as well with the Islanders and the Bruins over the total of 5 uh, so good to get off to a winning start uh, in that series. And of course, as I mentioned yesterday, I have Boston to win the series in seven, four games to three. This Islander team ain't going away. You can rest assured, especially with a team coached by Barry Trotz, they are going to be a lot better uh, in the second, uh, you know, in the, in the second game of this series. Uh, and there's no doubt in my mind about that. They know they played a pretty poor game by their standards. In fact, it was probably worse than any of the games they played against Pittsburgh uh, in the first round. Uh, you know they'll be better in game two. The question is, will it be enough? Uh, the Bruins looked really, really good last night, and they pick up uh, the game one win. A real complete team effort uh, from Boston uh, getting that victory uh, last night. And then the other game last night in Montreal and another great atmosphere in terms of, you know, not so much on the scale of Boston where it was a full house, but last night in Montreal, game six of the Leafs and the Habs, 2,500 fans in attendance at the Bell Center. And it was good to see it. The first time that we've seen fans uh, in the building uh, at the Bell Center or in any Canadian venue, I should say, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic. And it was just nice to finally get some kind of 
crowd noise. You know, you got the crowd reacting and booing every time they thought there should have been a penalty on Toronto that wasn't called. Uh, just the things you usually see at the Bell Center specifically, you get to see and hear some of that again uh, last night in that game. And here we go again. Leafs Nation, Toronto Maple Leafs, sit back and enjoy. I'm going to have some fun with you today. Um, what more can you say about this hockey team, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs? It started from the very beginning of this game, a team ill-prepared to play a hockey game, which is unfathomable to me, which is unacceptable to me that this team was not ready to play this game. And then you got the Leaf fans. They're the ultimate excuse makers, the ultimate whiners, criers. Cry me a river. Wah, wah. Cry me a river. Talking about, oh, but we were so good late in the third period. Oh, we dominated the overtime last night. Uh, we had all the pressure. Carey Price was standing on his head. Oh, we couldn't get the puck uh, through past him uh, in overtime. We carried the play. They had the one or two shots, and they beat us. You didn't lose the game because of that. You lost it because you weren't ready to match the urgency of the other team from the opening puck drop last night. That's where this loss started for the Toronto Maple Leafs. They got their ass beat in the first 10 minutes of this game. They were getting whipped in this hockey game in the first 10 minutes. In a game that is a closeout game, in a game that you can advance to the second round of the playoffs, somehow, some way, you're not ready from the opening faceoff of the first period. That's totally unacceptable. Totally unacceptable. To be that pathetic in the early part of that game because you just think you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. We can just step on the ice. They're the, they've had this mediocre season. We're much better than them. We don't have to put in the grunt work. We don't have to put in the work. We don't have to try to win puck battles. We don't have to try to get the puck away from Montreal. We can just, just roll out onto the ice and things are going to magically happen for us. We're going to magically score goals. We're going to magically take control of the game. We don't have to work for it. Why would we do that? We've done so much in our franchise's history. Why the fuck should we work for anything? My goodness. That start was horseshit. And if you're a Leaf fan and you're defending that, you're a problem. You got a problem. If you think your team is acceptable, if that's acceptable for that kind of start, I don't know what more I can say to you. They had a brutal start, and if not for Jack Campbell, that thing is 3-0 after the first 10 minutes of the game. Do you understand that? The game is 3-0 Montreal in the first 10 minutes of game six last night. If Jack Campbell doesn't play out of his mind, out of his skull, good. The game is done if you don't get the kind of goaltending you got early in the game last night. You couldn't have come out worse in a spot where that demanded urgency. You already had one chance slip through the cracks to close out this series in Toronto in game five. All I heard, line them up, line up all the sound bites, get them rolled up, put them in the queue, one by one, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Felino, Sheldon Keith, the head coach, one by one. What did they all say? Following game five, we have to start the game better. We have to have a good first period. We have to have a good start to the hockey game. 
Did I see that good start last night? Did I see that good start? I saw anything but. I saw a team getting their ass handed to them in the first 10 minutes of that game. That is exactly what I saw uh, early in that game. Absolutely handed to them. And the fact that it was 0-0 in the first period was not because of any great, you know, dig in, find ways to win puck battles and get the job done from the Toronto Maple Leafs. That was all Jack Campbell. And I feel bad for that guy. He was unbelievable last night. He was magnificent. You couldn't have asked for anything more from Jack Campbell last night in that hockey game. So it goes 0-0. Montreal for the first two periods was the much better team. The much better team. So then the third period rolls around. The game's still 0-0. The Leafs have played like ass for two periods for 40 minutes with a chance to move on to the second round of the playoffs. It's unfathomable. You could be that pathetic in a game of this magnitude for two periods like they were, and yet it was 0-0, and they still had a chance. So you'd think in the third period, here's our chance. We've played terrible so far. We have a chance. And yes, Jake Muzzin got injured in the game and did not return. They were down to five defensemen. Who cares? Find a way. Find a way. I, I'm done with the excuses. You know, Bill Walton and John uh, had John Wooden as his coach at UCLA. And one of the things Bill Walton says, you know, don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses. Uh, and Bill Walton believes in that. John Wooden said it when he was the UCLA basketball head coach, a legend. Don't whine, don't complain, don't make excuses. And I'm not making excuses for this Leafs team. Yeah, you lost a very key defenseman. You don't think Montreal's missing some key guys or have been injured this season? Hell, Montreal was ravaged with injuries down the stretch of the regular season. I don't want to hear it in terms of, oh, Jake Muzzin's out. Find a way. Find a way. So it's 0-0. That finally, the uh, Leaf. <laughs> isn't it just amazing? It's so Toronto Maple Leafs, by the way, that their penalty kill has been amazing for like the last two months. You almost can't score on them when you have the power play against them. And the time that it finally sucks for them and it finally comes unraveled for them and the time the penalty kill finally fails is in last night's game in the third period with the game 0-0. And sure enough, power play goal for uh, for Montreal, Corey Perry, one nothing. Sheldon Keefe challenges it for goalie interference. He probably wasn't going to win it. People are ridiculing Keith for the challenge. I'm being a little bit more lenient. He's trying desperately to save some momentum for his team. It didn't work. I didn't hate the challenge as much as some. He probably was up against it in terms of winning the challenge, but I thought given the situation of the game, one nothing. and hey, your penalty kill has been awesome. If you lose the challenge and it's a delay of game penalty, you'll take your chances killing off a Montreal power play, which had done absolutely nothing the Montreal power play in this series until last night. So I don't hate that challenge as much as some. But anyway, he loses the challenge, they get a delay game penalty. Okay, one nothing, five on four power play Montreal. But they could have killed it. Unfortunately, Mitch Marner, and I'll get to more of him. I'm just starting on him. Mitch Marner flips the puck over the glass, out of play, delay a game penalty, and now it's a five on three. And if you look at that play, he has all the time in the world to take a fucking deep breath don't panic. Look around. See where your outlets are and make a play. Could you make a play? Could you do something in this series, Mitch, you little boy? You little eight-year-old twerp? Come on. Could you do something? Could you do something to make an impact in this series? Because you haven't done squat. 
in this series. Nothing. All I've seen you do is flub the puck around the net when you've had a couple chances and panic when you had the puck on your stick in that spot. Flip it up over the glass, a delay a game penalty, a five on three for Montreal. Of course, they score on it. Toffoli makes it 2-0 uh, for the Habs. And, they, and then it's looking bleak at that point uh, for Toronto uh, in that game. Now they come back. Spezza makes it 2-1. And then you've got... Uh, the, the point shot from Brody that goes off the skate of Jeff Petrie and it's tied 2-2 and you're thinking, oh my gosh, the Leafs might actually rescue this game somehow. A game that they were totally outplayed in for essentially two and a half periods. Really, the Leafs didn't get going until Jason Spezza got the first goal and made it 2-1. to one. You know, that's really uh, the situation that, that, that brought the Leafs to life. The Spezza goal. Before that, it was Montreal. It was all Montreal for two and a half years. They controlled the game. You're lying to yourself. I'm hearing this nonsense from the Leaf fan that, hey, we played them even for two and a half periods. And then when Spezza got the two to one goal, we dominated. That game was not even, all right, in, in the first two and a half periods. Montreal was the better team. You know, you, you keep giving this team excuses and reasons to suck. And reason and you try to validate and you try to vindicate this level of suckitude that you have been acclimatized to for 54 years of failure with this franchise, for 17 years of not a single playoff series win. You have just become comfortable with losing, comfortable with excuses, comfortable with, you know what, we lost, but it ain't our fault. You become comfortable with that kind of thinking, a loser's mentality is what it is. A fucking loser's mentality is what this whole fucking organization is all about now. That's essentially what we're dealing with right now with this Toronto Maple Leafs team. And yes, part of this rant is that I had Toronto 4-2 to in the series at a damn good price, plus 375, to see that slip through the cracks, just like the last two times to end the series for the Leafs have slipped through the fucking cracks. So if I'm a little salty, if I'm a little angry... Tough shit. Deal with it. So the game gets to overtime, and it's basically 2-2. And the Leafs, the one thing I will give them credit for is the overtime last night, they finally showed urgency to end the series. They did. They dominated. They absolutely dominated the overtime, and I will tip my cap for them for that. You know, they battled back. They made it 2-2. They were swarming the Montreal net, and Carey Price was outstanding. Uh, they had a couple close-in chances. Uh, it was all Toronto uh, in uh, the Montreal zone in overtime. But the more that went, went on, the longer that went, with Toronto having all those chances and not finding the back of the net on any of them, you knew this game wasn't going to end well. You knew it. You just knew it, because that's the way playoff hockey overtime works. The one team dominates, controls the play. They can't find a way to win the game, to, to, to put that game away, to score that game-winning goal. And then sure enough, Montreal, basically the one chance, the one great chance they had the entire overtime, a Travis Dermott, I don't know, spinorama, blind pass at the blue line, gets turned over, pass over across to Kotkaniemi, his shot deflects off Zach Bogosian. I don't blame Bogosian. He's trying to block the shot. You can't blame Campbell. He had no chance once it got deflected and changed directions. And it goes in the net. 
and the Montreal Canadiens win game six, three to two, and they force a game seven Monday night. And here we go again with the Leafs up three to one. And now they've got to play game seven Monday night. And now this team is 0-6 in their last six tries when having the opportunity to clinch a series in the playoffs. 0-6. Think about that. Six straight losses with this core of Leaf players in their last six tries trying to clinch a series. You could actually say it's 0-7 in the last seven if you go all the way back to 2013 with the James Reimer, Randy Carlisle Leafs when they lost game seven to the Boston Bruins that year. Um, that's just that's just not getting the job done. That means when the going gets tough, the Leafs tuck their tail between their legs and they go home. That's what that stat tells you. And some of you Leaf fans out there that have been so cocky, so arrogant, so ignorant, so dismissive, of the Montreal Canadiens in this series when you were up three to one saying time to go golfing Habs. Habs suck. You guys blow. It's our time now. You guys shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. All of this nonsense from the Leaf fans when they were up three, one in this series. Well, all those Leaf fans that were on Twitter, just, you know, keyboard warriors, just attacking the Habs and attacking the team and attacking their fans after game five crickets last night, crickets, every single one of you, Crickets, not not a thing to be said, not a thing to be typed, not a thing to be heard from any one of you. You certainly shut the hell up pretty quickly when things are going down the fucking drain. Why don't you step up and say something now? Why don't you? It's because that's the way you guys operate. That's why. Cocky and arrogant as it gets, but guess what? The fact that you're putting through the cruel and unusual torture of another Game 7 and a potential epic fail for this organization, once again, is punishment enough for your cockiness and your arrogance. And I haven't even gotten to the best part of this rant. So the Leaf fans, you're, you're in despair. Here we go again. You're thinking about that game and how we could have started so poorly. And then in the post-game press conference, this is the, this is the best part. Mitch Marner, who has been arguably the most disappointing Leaf in these playoffs with his play. He's been totally invisible. You can't find him with a telescope on the ice. He has done nothing offensively. He is turning the puck over. He's shooting the puck over the glass for a costly penalty at a bad time in the game. You name me the impact plays that Mitch Marner has made in this series. I can't think of one. Can't think of one. And if I'm a Leaf fan, which I'm not, thankfully, but if I were... And I had to listen to Mitch Marner in the post-game press conference say what he said. I'd be losing my shit. I would. I, I'd be. I'd be on the verge of a nervous breakdown. Seriously. That Mitch Marner, who has been dog shit in this series, has the gall, the audacity to come out there and say in the media last night, "We weren't ready to play this game tonight. We didn't come out ready to play again tonight." It's something we keep talking about, is what he said. You know, we keep having to bring this up. He actually said it, and he's actually right. They weren't ready to play last night. But I'm just trying to figure out how this team, including Mitch Marner, puts themselves in a spot where they're not ready to play that game last night. How are you not ready to play that game last night? 
You have a, your franchise has not won a Stanley Cup in 54 years. Your franchise has not won a single a single playoff series in 17 years. And in a spot where you can clinch your first playoff series victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs in 17 years, you weren't ready to play the game? You weren't ready to play? I cannot accept that. I that 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 is a that is a demoralizing statement, and that is an indictment of this entire team right now. How the fuck are you not ready to play last night with a chance to move on to the second round and finally win a playoff series? That's the issue. And the guy that says it is the guy that's done absolutely nothing in this series. Make me understand that, Mitch. Make me understand that. How are you not ready to play that game last night? You have a chance to clinch your first playoff series victory with this core group of Leafs. You have the chance to clinch a series victory for the first time in 17 years. And you have the absolute gall to come out there and say, we weren't fucking ready to play. How is that? How does a team have that kind of mindset that they can't come out there and play better than that? Instead, no, they're hanging on for dear life. Montreal is swarming Toronto right at the beginning of that game. That tells you all you need to know about this mindset of this Leafs team. It's a loser's mentality. It is that you aren't ready to play that game, a game of that magnitude, a chance to win a playoff series for the first time in 17 years, you're not ready to play that game? The hell is wrong with a bunch of you? You have a chance to win a series. You haven't done anything. You've done less than nothing. Less than nothing in 17 years. And you come out there with a chance to win a series for the first time and you're not ready? What? You're not ready? My goodness, what an indictment. What an embarrassing thing that is to have to say to everybody publicly in a spot like that. My goodness gracious. I mean, holy... What is the doctor going to say in his profession? What is the doctor going to say when someone is rushed into the emergency room uh, all of a sudden? What is the doctor then going to say? You know, all of a sudden, you know what? This guy's going to croak here right in front of me because I'm not ready to try to save his life. What is the defense attorney going to court trying to defend uh, his client going to say when all of a sudden there's uh, 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 someone going up to the stand and basically saying, oh, where did that question come from? Oh, I wasn't ready for that line of questioning. I can't defend you anymore. You're going to jail. What about the person going into the ice cream store and says, hey, Oh, beautiful day. I'd like some strawberry ice cream, please. But then the cashier responds, you know what? I can't do that for you because I wasn't ready for anyone to ask for strawberry. What would you have done? My goodness. Um, That is the equivalent of what we saw last night in that game from Mitch Marner and his statement. I wasn't ready. What if any of those people in their professions weren't ready? The doctor, the defense attorney, anybody in their job, they're not ready, especially if it's a job where, you know, lives are at stake. We'd be raking them over the coals. And look, this is a sport. This is hockey. This is not life and death. I get it. You got to, you got to, you got to basically, you know, separate, you know, what's important and what's not. Uh, but my gosh, um, this, you're not ready to play that game last night. 
If you're a Leaf fan and you're hearing that, that is utter bullshit. That is garbage. That that is a mentality with this team that they weren't ready to play. And they, and they clearly weren't ready to play because they showed you in the first period they weren't ready. They were getting dominated. They did nothing in the first period. That is clearly an issue with this group. Clearly an issue right now at this point in time. And right now, if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, how on earth, if you're a Leaf player, and if you're a Leaf fan, how do you have any level of confidence going into Game 7 Monday night, knowing the history, knowing the flameouts, knowing the, 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 the choke jobs, the gag jobs, whatever you want to call it? How do you, how do you have the, the confidence right now at this point in time? Um, wow. Uh, I really am shocked. I, I'm, I'm actually not even shocked that they're doing this again. I'm just surprised that, you know, I, I, this is a team on paper they should have put away long ago. But at the same time, you got to credit Montreal. They're a pesky group. They found some belief. They found some offense. And Carey Price has been magnificent. The later this series is gone. Um, it's been something to watch. But uh, if you're the Leafs, you got to find it in a hurry Monday night in Game 7. And if if you think this was a rant, wait until Game 7. Wait until Game 7. If you lose this one, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to put my face right up to this camera, and I'm going to say this very loudly and very clearly. If you do this one more time, if you're this Toronto Maple Leafs team, and you spit the bit, and you lose this series, and you lose Game 7 on Monday night, I will come on this show, the Ice Guys, on Tuesday, and I will run your asses over. And that's not a threat. That's a personal guarantee. What are you going to do about it, Toronto Maple Leafs and Leafs Nation? You've got Monday night to try to figure it the fuck out. We didn't come ready to play. We weren't ready to play tonight. What a that is what a what a bunch of garbage for a team to have that kind of start to the game last night. If you're a Leaf fan and you hear that, we weren't ready to play that night. It's the kind of statement that makes you sick to your stomach. Sick to the stomach. They have less than 48 hours to try to figure this out. And the pressure is all on Toronto. If you think the pressure is on the team that's won the last two games, you need your head examined. It's all uh, on the Toronto Maple Leafs right now at this point in time. But what it does is it sets up one hell of a game seven Monday night. We're looking forward to it. Let's get to Sunday's games. Uh, we've got two of them on tap. We've got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Carolina Hurricanes uh, in this matchup here. We've got Carolina uh, currently, uh, actually Tampa Bay, uh, slight road favorites here in this game, uh, right around minus 115 or so. Total in this one, five and a half, uh, shaded to the over minus 120. I think there's a little bit of a situational edge in this game for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, when you come into this game and you look at it, uh, the Lightning uh, have certainly had a little bit more of a, a turnaround time from their series against Florida compared to Carolina, just finished Nashville Thursday night. This should be a hell of a series. We talked about it yesterday uh, on the Saturday show. Uh, it's very difficult to pick between these two teams because you've got Carolina winning the division. I think they've got everything they need to really be, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tampa Bay in this series. They've got their top forwards. I'm, all, I'm consistently impressed with their ability to move the puck, generate offense, generate scoring chances. Sebastian Ajo, uh, Tevo Teravainen, uh, Nico, Nino Niederreiter, 
Uh, Andre Svechnikov didn't even do a whole lot in the series against Nashville. What if he wakes up and gets going? Martin Natchez uh, had a great series uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes against Tampa Bay. A lot to like with this team. They've got one through six, a great defense going into this series. They have actually, to be honest with you, they can match Tampa Bay uh, in terms of how deep their blue line is, to be honest. I mean, you still have to give, you know, especially in the first couple defensemen, an edge to Hedman and uh, McDonough because of how good they are and how experienced they are. But look, Carolina is not going to take a back seat uh, to Tampa Bay here uh, in this series. Uh, so it's definitely a situation where I think uh, it is going to be uh, Carolina being able to defend this team at a relatively high level. Uh, Alex Nadelkovich has become the man in net for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in this series. Uh, I think he's capable of uh, stepping up, playing well. He's had a good playoff to this point. Uh, Basilevsky continues to get stronger as the playoffs have gone on. I thought Tampa Bay as a team got stronger uh, as that uh, series went on against Florida, uh, and they capitally got better at five-on-five, which was good to see because I thought the Panthers early in the series were the better team at even strength. So it's going to be interesting to see how this one plays out between the Lightning uh, and uh, the Hurricanes today, and this series should be a good one. I think there's a slight situational edge to Tampa Bay uh, in this game. I My plan is to maybe sit back, watch game one from a side perspective, and maybe hope for Tampa Bay to win game one, because if that happens, I will probably bet Carolina in the adjusted series price. Uh, that's the way I'm basically uh, attacking this game uh, going into it. Um, so I'm, I'm not involved in the side here in game one. I do like this game to go over the total. Carolina has actually... Uh, they 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 were trending over the total in a lot of their games against Nashville uh, in that series. Tampa Bay uh, was able to play a very very good defensive game against Florida. But the one thing about the Panthers or the Hurricanes compared to the Panthers is you've got a little bit more that you could get from the third line from Jesper Faust and Warren Fogle. Guys like that that play on the third line for the Carolina Hurricanes are very very capable offensive players. So it's going to be a tougher defensive matchup. You know, it's going to be tougher for John Cooper to say, who do I put my best defensive players out on the ice against in this series? I think you're going to see that as it goes along. So I think this series, at least at the onset, you could see some goals here in game one. I'm not involved in this game from a side perspective, but I do like over five and a half here, minus 120. I can tell you that Alex B. Smith, uh, his one bet today on the card is the first period over a uh, one and a half uh, in this uh, Tampa Bay, uh, Carolina game. Uh, so he likes the first period over. Uh, I am on the full game over. Uh, I think the Lightning have a little bit of a situational edge here going into this game. So I do lean to Tampa Bay from a side perspective here in game one, even though it's tough to win in Carolina. They've got a great home ice. It's a great environment there. You can say what you want about overall interest for hockey and for the Hurricanes down there, but at playoff time, it is a great environment in that building, PNC Arena. Uh, and I would expect more of the same today. But Tampa Bay is one of those teams that are not going to be in awe of any road game. Uh, they've been through those wars before. So I think it's a good series, a long series. I, I haven't bet the series price yet. I'm hoping Tampa wins today, and then I will jump on Carolina at, prior to game two at an adjusted series price. That's the way I'm attacking it. As far as game one, just over five and a half, minus 120 for me uh, in this game. Uh, the second game. Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, game one of their series uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. We've got Colorado, minus 180, uh, home favorites here, five and a half the total, uh, shaded to the under uh, in this game. 
Uh, when you look at it from the uh, Colorado Avalanches standpoint here, uh, this is definitely a team that uh, you look at it. Um, so dominant, so impressive uh, in the uh, series against the uh, St. Louis Blues, uh, dispatching them in four straight. Now, look, Vegas is going to be much tougher. They are healthier than St. Louis. They're not going to be as slow in terms of the you know the puck battles, the foot races uh, in this series compared to uh, St. Louis. So, look, Vegas is going to be a much taller order uh, tonight uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. But I don't know if I love this turnaround for Vegas. We're talking about a team that just clinched the seven-game series the other night against the Minnesota Wild. And just like with Boston for this Colorado last night, for this Colorado team, it's more, is it rest or is it rust? What are we going to see more of? And I, I got to admit, um, for a team that had been off for six days the last night, the Bruins, I thought they played a very strong game. And, you know, Colorado's been off for a long period of time as well, the same amount of days. They've been off six game, six days as well. They wrapped up their series against St. Louis last Sunday, just like Boston did. So uh, the question is going to be, you know, can Colorado get to their game quickly? show rest and freshness as opposed to being rusty and unorganized, disorganized and, you know, making uh, mistakes with the puck, turning it over, because that's usually the kind of characteristics of a team that's just not sharp. And maybe uh, for a team, maybe in a situation like this where they haven't played for a while, but we really didn't see a whole lot of that uh, from the uh, Boston Bruins last night. Um, I don't like this spot for Vegas. And, you know, I like Colorado to win this series. Uh, I took a small piece of them at minus 200 for the series, but uh, as well, minus one and a half games at even money plus 100. This, this series is not going to be easy for Colorado, but I think there's a chance they could at least get a 4-2 series win here. When you look at Vegas, Max Pacioretty being back certainly helps. Uh, no question about that. Um, but I don't like this situation here for uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, come, it's a short turnaround. You're now going to that thin air altitude of Colorado. Not the easiest uh, situation at all for them. Uh, coming off a very hard fought seven game series, and keep in mind they went Vegas to Minnesota, back to Vegas, traveling again. So this is now the fourth straight uh, game where in between games they're on the road and traveling. So that is something you have to keep in mind here uh, going into this game. I do like Colorado, but obviously I'm not going to lay this kind of number. I'm going to go with them in regulation at minus 125 uh, in this game. Take my chances that they can win this game in 60 minutes. Uh, I just think there's too much of a situational advantage for them. And look, I do think the push comes to shove. With all due respect to the Golden Knights with Marc-Andre Fleury uh, playing well, with uh, Max Patcher ready back in the lineup, Certainly a formidable defense on their own right of their own with Pet Petrangelo uh, and uh, Shea Theodore and Alec Martinez and company. Uh, it's a it's going to be a much tougher challenge for Colorado than St. Louis. But I just think Colorado's got too much. Four lines that can score. Vegas doesn't. Vegas has about five or six guys tops they can rely on. Stone, Pacioretty, Tuck, Marcia So, um, and sometimes Riley Smith. And outside of that, they don't get a whole lot from their depth forwards. The blue line, you know, Colorado's blue line strength is that they can all skate like the wind. They can take chances, get back defensively, help out Grubauer. And people still don't want to give Philip Grubauer his due. He's been excellent. And, uh, you know, so is Fleury. You know, it's it's tough to say that Grubauer can match what Fleury's done so far, but he's capable of holding his own in a goaltending battle uh, in this series. You throw in the situational edge, rested Colorado, 
at home, Vegas playing their uh, you know second game in three days, fourth straight game where they've had to travel uh, in between games after a tough, hard-fought seven-game series against the Wild with a very short turnaround. I think this is Colorado's game to take, and I'm on Colorado in regulation here, minus 125 here uh, in uh, game one. Uh, all right, that is going to wrap it up here for uh, this uh, Sunday uh, uh, NHL uh, Ice Guys show. Uh, we'll get to a best bets in just a second. Before we do that, a reminder, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. Uh, when you sign up for an account with DraftKings, you'll get deposit bonuses, weekly specials, weekly incentives, uh, deposit bonus as well, and bet boosts uh, as well uh, with uh, many of the bets that you can place with DraftKings. So make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, it is time for best bet here for this Sunday NHL card, and I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, Carolina, over 5.5, minus 120 as my best bet. Look, Carolina, to be honest with you, they've been trying to push pace. That's actually where they've been at their best. They always try to get that game running north-south against their Nashville throughout that series. And look, they they basically got Nashville to open up the game a little bit, play a little bit high scoring. And when you look at five and a half totals with these two teams, take advantage of them because you know if this game goes over, you're going to see a six for the total in game two. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. So take advantage of the five and a half here. You've certainly got a lot of offensive game breakers on both sides, especially Tampa Bay with now, of course, Stamkos and Kucherov back for the playoffs for them. So I think you'll see this game <clears throat> have a good chance to go over the total. So for me, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, Carolina, over five and a half, minus 120. Uh, that'll be my best bet for this Sunday Stanley Cup playoff card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live on YouTube seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, uh, make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeart. You can find it on all those mediums. Thanks for watching. I'm Ian Cameron. Enjoy the games and good luck. Have a great Sunday, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.